Warning, this podcast contains bad words and stories about drugs and sex and overthrowing the government. Proceed with caution. Thank you. And now on to our show. Wake up, brother, we got nothing to do. Let's go outside, just me and you, and build a fort. We'll pack a lunch, won't be home till after dark. Then after dinner, we can sneak back out. You know that high school girl I've been telling you about? Well, she gets undressed about a quarter to nine, and we can watch her do it from the big old pie next door. She got a room on the second floor. Well, looks like another fucked up day in paradise. More little arrow. Face more me and my arrows. Taking the high road. Try to get. Wherever we go, everyone knows it's me. Oh, so I've focused a hundred times. Turn this way, like this. Have some water first. Water! <coughs> water, water! I came out here today. I came out here today so you could see the epic clouds zooping by, zooping and zipping. The epic clouds. Okay, let me get my hair done here. Let me just get my hair done here. It's all look real purdy. Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah, Julian. Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah, Julian. Ah, yeah. There we go. We'll put on our little glasses to keep our hair back. All right, here we go. Yeah, Daughter of Godcast with Dan Kelly, Shri Fuji, split episode 157 more than ever. This is the Daughter of Godcast. Did I mention that? It's season four choice. Let's tell a fairy tale. Take a flight of fancy. Are your seat belts buckled? It's way easier for the recovery team to identify our bodies if we're still in our ticketed seats. So here we go. What if I woke every morning with decent wood yearning for a woman to be in my bed with me? Not just any woman, but one woman specifically. A bit of a goofball this female is to be sure, but also amazing, hot, damn fine. What if I imagined finding her remotely and that my wanting would get her resonating, spark her own wanting, a strong impulse to get in her car and drive, 
to come to me? Would that mean I'd only want to be with that woman ever? If we could have what we want, would desire end? Or does, or does desire, once freed, always grow? Hang on, this might not be an abstraction. I might not be passing on a parable. I might not be offering a fleeting glimpse, a fleeting glimpse of universal truth. Let's steer clear of inferences and fingers pointing to the moon for this moment. Right now, I might be focused on that one woman, on sending her my yearning, calling her to me. Other women, yes, eventually, but right now, her. As of this moment, she's not knocking on the door. I don't hear an engine slowing, the crunch of tires on gravel. Am I enjoying my desire as is? Sure, I love calling, and I love the showing up. This might be a true story or a thought experiment. If there really was a woman I was calling to, I know she can feel me. I know my sending is, a, is setting up a resonant yearning, perhaps not only for me, her yearning for me, but for everything that she desires and refuses to allow, or doesn't know how to allow, her own bliss. By inviting her to hum along with my steady broadcast, I might actually be causing some strife in her life, because maybe she has surrounded herself with safety and convention, walls of chalk and balsa wood. She's been trying to mute her natural hum and pulse, lest she shake convention to flinders and dust. Isn't that a cool word, flinders? Why would I want someone who stifles her true nature and chooses boring old safety? Cause she's hot and funny. Just like you and me, she is the divine in disguise. She has chosen to wear an elaborate and unlikely mask. Her mask, it keeps slipping off, and I find that endearing and hilarious. Again, I could be making this all up. There's lots of fantastic women to lavish and cherish. I do enjoy turning my attention to her, though, if she exists. I am tickled to be making her life a little more interesting, quietly, magically. In her heart of hearts, she might have an inkling, suspect that I'm influencing events, but at the same time, grappling with the conflict between intuition and her common sense. I haven't talked to Dan Kelly in weeks. How could he be affecting my feelings, my situation? Oh, but I am involved, deliciously so. If you could choose between two superpowers, invisibility and flight, which would you choose? I don't care about flight or invisibility. I am interested in making a compelling connection, transcending distance and corporality, corpor, corpor, por, corporality, corporeality. <laughs> That's the superpower of choice at the moment. Choosing between those two old options, flight and invisibility, that's boring. I can have them both if I answer a different question. Do I have the right to play in this way, to get folks resonating, a maybe a specific sort of person, a female type person resonating? You bet. If I'm having fun catalyzing a bit of tossing and turning in the wee hours, why do artists paint or make movies if not to get all up in our shit? To resonate with the sub, to resonate us, us with the sublime. Uh, if this woman was real, 
if she was, eventually she'll know for sure I was tinkering with her energetics because I'd tell her. I'd confess with a kiss. Who am I to ask her to come into her full power? Just a friend, a trickster, a troublemaker. Here's, the, here's a story. Here's a story about Yogi Raj Swami Bua. Uh, this was told to me by another Hindu sannyasin or monk at Swamiji's apartment. This sannyasin was a very smiley guy. Swami's apartment number was 11J. Back in the day, we could see the Colosseum across the street and Columbus Circle just behind that. Fucking Columbus, let's spray his statue with rainbow glitter. The Colosseum is long gone. There's an underground Whole Foods there now. Swamiji was a sickly child, and one day he died. His parents took him to the funeral pyre. When the flames reached his dead body, it twitched. Another yogi showed up, pulled the body from the pyre, and said that the child was not dead, just very ill. His parents didn't believe the yogi. They were afraid that the body was possessed, so they refused to take him home. The yogi took the child, Swami Bua, and nursed him back to health. Eventually, Swamiji's parents accept, accepted him, and he grew up to manage the family's cardamom plantation, raise his own family, and eventually, and eventually become Swami Bua. The smiling sannyasin told me that Swami had died as a child, and another spirit showed up and crowded in with the child spirit, cohabitating the body. This is referred to as walk-in. Uh, we students of Swamiji often noticed his dual nature, at times wise and present, and at other times whiny and petulant. Notice the slide double alliteration there. The evidence of spiritual cohabitation was kind of compelling. Enter, uh, enter, Esther. Esther slash Abraham Hicks talks about the pyramid or iceberg model of who we really are. Most of us is underwater, below the surface, and the Dan Kelly game, this body, my persona, is the tip of the iceberg that you can see, touch, and uh, depending on how intimate you are with me, you can taste. What is my tip poking up into? What is my tip poking up into? Just the tip? At duality, physicality. So most of who I am is deep. Duality Dan might not even be decisively aware of the deep Dan. That's me too. The most me ever, the deep me. I could be the deep me more, should I choose. We've all been our deep selves at times in our lives. We've all remembered who we really are. I ranted on meditation in episode 155, horse, 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 155, horse, how natural meditation is, how we are always meditating all the time. You can take a course in, the, in meditation, sure, just like you can take a, a course, <coughs> excuse me, in breathing <coughs> or wine tasting, but we can all breathe and taste pretty well already, eh? That's the same with being deep. We've already been deep plenty of times. We might not have noticed deepness or misidentified deepness. Eating a s'more, sunbathing, sharing an orgasm, holding a kitten are actions we associate with feeling wonderful and alive, but maybe it's the other way around. Maybe that's the deepness bubbling up 
And since we think we're just the tip of the iceberg, just the tip, we assign that deep experience to external circumstance. Deepness is other. It's not us. Because heaven forbid we should wake up and remember. I've talked about three things in this podcast episode. One, resonating a remote lover who might just be imaginary. Two, Swamiji's dual spiritedness. And three, being mostly deep. These might be dots waiting to be connected or just three things that I felt like writing about, talking about. This is episode 157, More Than Ever. And when I'm kind of done talking or writing, I say my name, Den Kelly, AKA Sri Fuji Split. And then I say the episode number or maybe say it before. And I tell you what you've been listening to, Daughter of God cast, uh, season four choice, as if you forgot. And this is my escape hatch. Whether this is a snappy ending, a satisfying wrap up or not, I'm blowing the explosive bolts and vacating the space capsule. Podcast episode over in three, two, one, done.